Hey folks, this is Dr. Kevin Cruz giving you another pump because guess what? The Supernatural Junkies are on Rumble. All you have to do is go to Rumble, go to search, and when you search for channels, you look for Supernatural Junkies and all of our stuff is going to start popping up. It's great because you're going to be able to see the links. You'll get to see exactly why we are saying what we're saying. But most importantly, this is a great way to share with your family and your friends exactly why we are living in prophetic times and why we cannot give up access to our bodies. Hi, I'm Kevin, pretending to be Alex, but I'm still super. <laughs> and I'm Dennis, and I am natural. He is <laughs> natural. And They're that making leaves... me the junkie. What? Rude. Yes, well, that means you get to interrupt more. Oh, good. Okay. And dominate conversations. Okay, and who are we? We are the Supernatural Junkies. Wait, we're going to... Supernatural Junkies. It is Dr. Kevin here. And who else do I have? I have the Dr. Ninja. Dr. Ninja's here. That's right. And Alex could not be here today. And we had Dr. Roger Burke as a special guest today. And he is over in Afghanistan. Pakistan. No, I was kidding. I was kidding. <laughs> it's Pakistan. Those stands. He's in one of the stands. <laughs> I'm in a stand. Yes. He definitely is. So we're excited to have him here. We're going to hear all about him. But uh, unfortunately, he came in suddenly and we were like, hey, let's see what we can put together. And Dr. Dennis put everything on hold to get over here and uh, do a great interview with uh, Dr. Roger today. So we're so happy to be here today, Doc. Uh, any verse for us today? See, I'm hitting him up. Oh, you're hitting me up, and I'm not ready. Oh my gosh! I tell you, I love. I knew that he didn't have one ready, so I'm going to start. So I'm going to just pray over this episode and uh, go ahead. What's your? I verse, have a Doc? good verse. All right. Uh, when the Apostle Paul was writing the church at Philippi, something that I really learned in chapter four and verse six: be anxious for nothing. Amen. Because it is the peace of God that passes all understanding amen wow. amen to that and you're gonna see and you know as we get into this there's a lot of people out there in the world that are in the trenches and uh, they see the evil and you're gonna see that dr roger is here today and uh, but he still needs that peace uh, because you're seeing some of the, the the worst things we see in this life so uh sure. go ahead doc you want to pray sure Lord God, we just want to thank you, Lord, for our gathering today, Lord, and just praise you for this show that we're doing. We hope that um, you open up the eyes and the ears of your church, that we can reach out to these people and help them uh, through Roger here. And um, Lord, we just also want people to bring awareness to this. People need to know this information, so hopefully... Um, good co can overcome evil with your power of your spirit in Jesus name so you guys probably know that we're a little flattered today we're not as funny today so we have to admit <laughs> that when Alex is here things go way better and that's exactly what so we love you uh, Alex and we saw you couldn't be here today so Dr. Roger um, of course a lot of people know um, local here we, we know you and of course you are really the founder of the Pakistan Dream Centers and so tell us a little bit about that. Well, I'd uh, be glad to. First, it's not considered a ministry. Really? No. We call it warfare. <laughs> it's, it's warfare because uh, we are boots on the ground and in the trenches. 
And what we're doing in the nation of Pakistan uh, is something that nobody else in the entire history of the nation has ever done. We are the first. And in fact, the government of Pakistan, the Pakistani army, affectionately calls us the Jason Bourne of Pakistan. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I like that. That is a good one. How did you now how did God's heart call you to Pakistan? What what made you go that way? Well, you know how it is sometimes when you go to a foreign country you want to minister to the people. That's your heart. Mm-hmm. But what happened was the reverse. They ministered to me. Mm. And uh, when I got there, I got hooked. I was taken by a good pastor friend of mine who has one of the largest evangelical churches in uh, eastern Canada, Queensway Cathedral up in Toronto. And he asked me to come, and I said, sure. And when I got there and I saw the men standing in the airport with flak jackets and M16s and everything else, I first said, oh, what on earth am I doing here for? Uh, why wasn't it the Caribbean or the Mediterranean or something like that? Right, right. <laughs> so um, that's what called me to Pakistan and uh, the people. The people, the people, <laughs> the people. I love those people. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I, If I had a choice to pick the people in the Muslim Islamic nation of Pakistan and choose them in America, I would pick them over there any day. Yeah. Wow. wow. Because there... You know, they either hate your guts or they love you. Wow. Over here, you don't know who to trust. (laughs) Isn't that true? (laughs) Very true. Very true. Yep. So tell us about Dream Standards. What are, and and really, I guess I should ask. So um, I know you have your doctor degree. So tell us a little bit about your your background and your career and your training. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Well, um, since I'm only 25, <laughs> 25 years past 50, <laughs> past, well, pretty close to it, plus 52. Uh, I have spent, uh, I have my uh, PhD and uh, my DD, but my PhD in neuropsychopharmacology, behavioral pharmacology, as well as uh, my uh, board certification is in forensic trauma. So have you noticed anything with Dr. Dennis? Because I've been struggling lately with some of his... Um, yeah, I was going to give him a free counseling yes. card. It's just some little strange <laughs> habits he's been developing lately. <laughs> I'll give you a free card. It's a free pass, okay? <laughs> All right, you two. Knock it off. We trade okay. podcasts for therapy. Now, I, I mean, I, when he said... when So your, your degree is in neuropharmacology? Yeah, neuropsychopharmacology. Neuropsychopharmacology. Yeah, right, which basically deals with the area of... Uh, Pharmaceutical treatment for behavioral mm-hmm. change and behavioral pharmacology. Wow! Uh, so, so and of course, board certification is in forensic trauma. So I'm a first responder. Oh wow! Um, I'm the first one that goes where there's death, right? Uh, where there's suicide, um, where there's crisis. Wow! Uh, as a first responder, and uh, I love it because, it can, for example, I'll give you an example. I'll make it real, real short. Uh, I was called by LAPD one day to come at Los Angeles Police Department to come out to a, a very deadly scene where a young man uh, had driven his motorbike in the front of an 18-wheeler. And, of course, he was dying. And uh, they called me uh, because I was also the police chaplain at the same time. And one of the things I said to the young man as I was praying, he said something to me I'll never forget. He said, my parents taught me how to live, but they never taught me how to die. Wow. Never wow. forgot that. Never forgot that. <clears throat> well, that's wow. a, that's so true for all of us that we don't talk about it. And that's what this show is about, talking yeah. about things that we should be talking about that we're not. And you yeah. can see mm. the political correctness that's come in. And I think that when the, a lot of this gets back to the fact that people don't really know what's going on in the world. And if they did, you know, as a Christian, you know, you can see something happened to you. Right. You know, right. that you're here chasing ambulances, helping people in these worst case scenarios. And all of a sudden you know, you ended up in another country. <laughs> how, how did that happen? Well, that, you just said it. You know, the, the thing is, is it's people want to see walk in your talk. Uh, they don't want to just hear, you know, I keep thinking of the scripture that faith without works is dead. And there's a lot of talk out there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we don't preach, we reach. Um, we mm. don't, I don't uh, uh, compete, I complete. And my intent there is to speak into the hearts and the lives of people and see their lives change. Amen. And that is what the Islamic government, the Islamic government of Pakistan, which is one of the most powerful nations in the Muslim world in Southeast Asia, they love us. And they have invited us to come back. 
Wow. <laughs> because because I will not call myself a Christian. Oh. But I call myself a believer. There we go. And there's a big difference. Yeah. Isn't and, that interesting? Yeah. And even though they've said they've said to me, well, you know, you're coming in as a pastor. And I am a pastor. And they said, you're coming in as a pastor. And I'm saying, no, I'm not a pastor. Well, you're a missionary. No, I'm not a missionary. Well, what are you? I'm a spiritual heart surgeon. That's what I am. <laughs> and you can call me doctor. <laughs> you know, it's called, it's called cardiomyopathy in the mm. medical field, which means broken yeah. heart syndrome. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people out there whose hearts are just shattered into a million pieces. And people don't need politics and performance and, and great rallies and great this to put the pieces together. They just need to have their heart put back together again. And it can only be done through an individual who sees their heart and spends the time with that heart and allows mm-hmm. the pieces to come back together again. Mm-hmm. You know that old saying? Yep. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall and Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Yep. All the king's horses, all the king's men cannot put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But God can. That's and right. God does. It's my you know, favorite two words in the Bible. But God. Amen. God. Yeah. yeah, right. That's, that's when you sit back and listen. Yeah. Yeah. That's but God. Well, well it's funny you, know, you bring up a broken heart though. I mean, isn't that what God want needs us a broken and contrite heart? That's what he wants. And there's a difference with what he had said in the scripture about having a broken and contrite heart. That there is that attitude of submission and there's yes. that attitude of surrender. Yeah. And it's in the power of surrender that the change begins to take place because we begin to realize that when we are in control, unfortunately, we always make a mess out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like when I'm over there and I deal uh, with the army and I deal with uh, some of the agencies that I deal with over there, I let them know one thing. Um, I- I'll give you an example. Uh, I had um, a colonel uh, in the army approach me during the, one of our services in church and uh, he was all upset. He said, I'm upset. I'm upset. I'm upset. I'm upset. And I said, well, why? What did I do? He said, you know, I send in undercover agents to all your services. I said, yes, I know that. And I said, I never say anything against the government. I never say anything against Islam. I'm not going to do that. So I said, why are you upset? He says, every time I send in my agents, they get converted. (laughs) I said, well, keep bringing them. Because God is doing something in the heart of the people. And that's what's amazing. And now we have the government approaching us right. and saying wow. to us, we know you're believers. We need your help. So mm. we've we've all been hearing stories of, of things happening in the Muslim world oh, yeah. where Jesus is literally visiting people. They're yes. having angels come visit them yes. and, and uh, having visions and, and even almost, you know, writing down the entire Bible when they don't even know what it is. Have I, you seen have you seen yes. these kinds of mm-hmm. things in Pakistan? I had I had a young man mm-hmm. who one night in a Muslim home, okay, and of course you understand that under Islam it's you don't have uh, the cross, you don't have the Bible, you don't have anything like that. Okay? Right. And I'm just being very sensitive in what I'm saying. I love the Muslim people. Right. I'm gonna say that right now. I I don't categorize them and I don't put them I don't departmentalize. Right. faith, I won't do that. But this young man is lying in bed, and at 3 o'clock one morning, a cross appears in the corner of his bedroom. Mm. A cross oh just goodness. appears. Well, the boy gets scared, and he goes downstairs, and he gets his parents. Well, they beat him because it was blasphemy. Right. So he waddles his way <clears throat> back up the stairs, hides underneath the bed. The next morning, about the same time, cross appears again a second time. Hmm. Well, uh, Dana says, I'm not going to go down there and get beaten up again. I'm just going to go hide underneath the covers, which is what he did. Third night, okay, Christ appears a third time. So he did what he only knew what to do, what he was trained in the mosque to do. And that was to get on his knees and pray to Allah God. Right. Guess what he did? He got on his knees and he prayed to Allah God. Well, to me, over there with those beautiful people, God is God. Right. Call him Jehovah, call him Allah, call him Jaira, call him whatever you want. Right. God is God. Right. And God revealed himself to this young man. And right there on his knees, he accepts Christ into his heart and recognizes who Christ, God revealed himself. And it was about a week later, I was baptizing him in the Persian Gulf at the darkness of midnight. Wow. I mean, this, this is what's happening over <laughs> there. Wow. I mean, why wouldn't anybody want to be over there? Because mm-hmm. there is change, there is action, and there are things that are happening. Mm. And we don't go there just to play church. I'm tired of that. 
Right. I don't want to do that anymore. Wow. I don't want to go where God is on the move. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> that is awesome. Well, I think that, that a lot of people in America have struggled. I mean, I struggle. I love my country, and I love the people in America, and I certainly, we are here to try and help America, yes. uh, to wake America up. But uh, the reason why I'm the president of Soil Ministries is we are trying to help people in Honduras. And, and so we're trying to help them. And it's when we help them, we can actually help them. Yeah. Um, it's, it's astonishing. The, the response is so different that you think, why would I spend all this money? You know, why would I spend all this time doing things in America? And you get to the end of the, the day and you think, did I make any difference at all? And it just doesn't happen over there. When you when you go over there and you see what you can do with your with your resources, it's kind of crazy. And I can see that you know you've you've seen this this move of God, you know. So how did you? Um, I know that we still haven't got to the to the crux of what you do over there. Why did? Let's talk about this. This is a question I had. Why did you call it the Dream Center? The Dream Centers, um, and the reason I call it the Dream Centers is because. Uh, these, especially the young men that we're working with and the people we're working with, have a right to dream again. And if you found out what we're doing over there, and I, I could give you an example. Do you want me to say what we're doing? That's where we're I'm trying to that's get where to. We're going. I was trying like that's where we're wherever it's okay. wherever you want to go. <laughs> okay. But I'm I'm going to try and okay. help us figure this out too. Okay, here, here here's the precursor. We're doing, like I said, something nobody else has done. We are going into uh, coal mines, okay, where these young men are abducted by the police and then sold uh, to the men, human trafficked, as uh, sexual pleasure to the coal miners in the oh coal mines. Oh, my goodness. And the police are paid for this. But what happens, these teenage boys um, are buried alive, okay, a thousand feet in the earth for seven to ten years. Oh my lord! Buried alive. The time that they spend down there, they're just tossed rice so they can eat, and they are not allowed to come up above. They're not allowed to see the blue sky. They're not allowed to breathe the fresh air. Mm, they God. are sexual slaves. They are human traffic. They oh lose goodness. their dignity. They, they actually, they're no longer human beings. Wow! They're human androids. Oh. And by the time we get them, we actually have to hose them down with water to see the true color of the pigmentation of their skin. Oh, my goodness. And these are the ones that Jesus gave his life for. That's right. And these yeah. are so, so precious. God always takes the worst yeah. and makes the best out of it. Wow. How do you get them out, out of that? Uh... We physically extract them. Really? We physically extract them. So, so how um, did you find out about this, and then how did you get some, some opportunities to, to actually do that? We have, and we're putting together uh, what we call the Army of David. And our Army of David is a group of young, young people that interact with other young people, and they know what's going on because they're interacting with other wow. young people in the area. And So the streets know this is happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But... I, well, well, but it's not on television, clearly. But it's not on television because because you don't want to bring embarrassment to the government. You don't want to bring, you know, anything. I mean, it, it's going on, but we've got to be really careful how we handle this. Right. Um, we had a, um, um, a colonel in the Pakistani army that uh, oversaw 19,000 troops and saw all of COVID. And he gave his heart to Christ. Hmm. And he considers me his spiritual father. And at the same time I was praying, I said, Lord, I need a commander for the army of David. Right. Wow. So God gives me uh, this colonel that was now forced into retirement because of his conversion. Wow. Hmm. See? And you know and I know that it's not my job to convert. This is something Billy Graham always said. Mm -hmm. He said, it's not my job to convict and convince men of sin. The Holy Spirit. He said, it's the job of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And he says, not my job to judge man. That's God's job. Mm -hmm. My job is to do one thing. And that's just to love them. And that's what Billy Graham said. Yeah. And that's the approach that we have had. So here we are with this now new commander of our army of David. And what mm. does he say? I'm going to recruit over a thousand young men, young women into your army of David who are going to reach out to the lost. And it's happening. We're going into brick kiln factories. We're going into clothing factories. We're going into areas where um, people are afraid to go. 
And when we get threatened by the police, and I'll give you one example, we have been. A staff member of mine was told when he was collecting these young men from clothing factories where they were being raped openly in front of everybody and they were screaming for help and nobody would help them because it would cost them their job. Okay. Right. And they were being sexually abused. And what happens? They, um, uh, the police come up to my staff and say to my staff, you stop this or you're going to be placed under arrest and you're going to prison. You know what my staff says? Commander and your police force, step aside or you're going to be arrested and you will go to prison. And behind us stands the Pakistani army rangers. Wow. That's what God has opened the door. We wow. have the entire Pakistani army rangers standing behind us. I love those people. They're highly trained, they're highly equipped, and they're highly respected. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting here. You're really recruiting from people that have some, they know in their hearts that this is wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you're joining them, yeah. you know, in doing something that, you know, clearly this is something that Jesus would be able to do. This yes. would be something he would join himself. Yes. Yeah, it's just incredible. It's just that, that this is going on. And who's who's paying? You said these people are being paid for uh, the, the police the, are being paid to, well, to recruit these kids for sex and stuff. Well, I don't know where they get it from, but it's the coal miners and other people. Mm -hmm. And I won't say certain names here. I won't right, say that, right. uh, that, that uh, pay them and they get a commission. Mm. Um, and remember, these young men are in these, these, uh, this prison buried alive for seven to ten years and some of them just die there. Oh, so they're does. replaced. Yeah. Just go out and abduct more. Understand that the, the uh, length of the human race of, of men living is about 55 years. That's their length. About 55 years. It's just wow. because of... So a majority of the young men that we work with don't have any families. And if they do and they become Christian, uh, they're considered, you know, 10th uh, class and they're pushed around. And if anybody, and we've had it happen where we had one of the young men that was raped and he told his parents, I told him to tell his parents and let them know. Uh -huh. They went down to report it to the police and the entire neighborhood burned them out of their home and said, we don't need you here because of that. Really? There is no prosecution. This is the idea. There is no prosecution. And yet, and I say this publicly, there is a Child Protection Act in Pakistan, and we're going to start seeing that it is uh, enforced. Oh, gosh. So I know when we were talking uh, one other time, uh, and I do have a question before this, but when how did you you know, actually land in Pakistan? And then, and then how long did it take for you to kind of land that this was a, an area that God was calling you to, to help in? Well, I landed in an airplane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, is a, he is a smarty. <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, I, I just... Uh, what made you book the ticket? Uh, the trust of a friend and a chance to see something new. I'm 77 years old. What am I going to do? Retire and go out and play golf? You got to be kidding me! That's such a boring <laughs> life. I paid him twenty dollars to tell Doctor Dennis that. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> my, is, my, sorry. my wife. Did, did my wife call you? Yes, she did. <laughs> I'll tell you later off the air. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got hooked, and I think I think the thing that. So really, who invited you then? Uh, uh, a pastor friend of mine. A pastor friend, and what yeah. was, what did he what did he put you over there on the pretense of? Uh, probably to get addicted. <laughs> Come wow. do a missions trip with us. <laughs> yes, or, yeah. sit down and have some prata and some egg and drink mm -hmm. some chai with us. Right, get to see the hearts of the people. And like I said earlier, Kevin, mm. um, over there, um, they're not. They are. They either hate you or they love you. Right. And um, last Father's Day, for example, I got 1,117 Father's Day greetings. Wow. From all the kids calling me Daddy, Dada, Papa, Father, and a few dared call me Grandpa. But wow. I'm saying that to say there is such a need for them to have that parental identity wow. somewhere because they don't have it. They just need to be loved. That's all they want. Right. That's all they want. Yeah, wow. it's true. And this is what's convincing. And what does the scripture say? They're going to know we are Christians by how we preach? No. No. Right. Love, know we how are we Christ love each other. Exactly. By our love. Right. And that's how they're going to know it. It's true. 
Amen to that. So once you got there, how did you end up going into this area? I know that we've talked before. Tell us about some of the human trafficking in general. And I think the shock for a lot of us here is that this is a lot of them are young men or young boys. That's right. 82% are teenage boys. And in the mentality in the Western world is human trafficking involves girls. Yeah. And the West, no, that's not true. You go to Southeast Asia, it involves boys because of slave labor. That's you right. You talk about brick kiln factories, for mm-hmm. example, um, where they're forced. Uh, we rescued one boy, um, and when we rescued him out of a town called Kasur, which is only 10 miles away from India, um, and it is a community uh, that is rampant with uh, teenage rape and death and what a lot of happens to the boys there when they get raped they're murdered right and nobody says anything about it because there's no prosecution so we actually had a situation where a boy was in a brick kiln factory we went in to rescue him uh to make a long story short um the uh owner of the brick kiln factory complained to the police uh the police found out who we were they backed off and said uh you release this young man to these people pakistan dream centers you mm. give him. Turned out this boy is a fifth generation slave. He'd wow. been there since he was nine years of age. Okay. They plunked him in there when he was nine years of age. Ten years later, we rescued him. Oh I don't even need to tell you the impact this had on his mother when we walked him up the cobblestone streets and the mother saw her son for the first time in ten years. I don't even need to tell you what that was like. And sadly, there's a lot of families that will actually sell their entire lives to live in these brick kiln factories as slaves just so they can be with their children. Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, you, you know, this is unimaginable to the American mind. Yeah, it's it's unimaginable to a parent's mind to, to think that your children were abducted or taken away from you and put into some kind of slavery, either sexual and or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, this is where you have to, your, your mind is trying to wrap your head around this, but this is the kind of thing, you know, that I'm sure was saying, hey, how, how has this happened? So you can see, how long were you there before you started to find out about this? Um, within a very short period of time because they really examine your hearts. I mean, they those people can really see through you. Right. And wow. we've had many pastors and many missionaries come to Pakistan and they've messed everything up. Mm. And I say that gently, but they come, they preach, and they leave. And it leaves a bad taste in the mouths of the government because they only come there to convert the people. Mm. And then they leave them. So Whereas the Apostle Paul and the disciples, what they do? They went in and they actually lived with them. Yeah, discipled them. Mm-hmm. Discipled right. them, mm-hmm. exactly. I had a boy, 16-year-old boy, um, that stole a morsel of bread in a village. And when he stole this morsel of bread, the villagers found out about it, took him out into the center of a field and stoned him to death. I got that on film. I got that all on film. And I showed it to a couple of my Christian friends and pastors. And their response was, oh, oh no, no, you can't show this. Just, oh, this is terrible. Oh, no, we can't look at this. We can't. Look, the reality is this is what's going on in the yeah. rest of the world. Yeah. And we're taken out of this. I love America. I love America. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a 100% American. People, but this sense of entitlement, you know, yeah, is uh, like, it's just. Well, we can't be, we can't even get people to watch what an abortion is in a cartoon version right yeah. that's that's the truth that's mm-hmm. the and truth. we won't do it and i will say this that when we looked at some pastors groups and when we do we try and bring some of the things that are being taught yeah. in the schools here in america sexually yeah. mm-hmm. and what they're and this is to to little kids this is elementary kids yeah. and you will have parents and churches that are unwilling to even show the pictures yeah. and yet these pictures are being shown to their elementary school yeah. kids yeah. so you can see there's this, we don't want to know. We don't want to see this. That's right. That's you see right. what I'm saying? And so we really are, and this is America right now. We're all pretending that this is going to get better. Yeah, but that just makes them, makes you complicit if, that, if you don't want to see it. It really is. You know, now we have the problems that we have. Yeah. And it makes them culpable, to, yeah, to sure. even to the death of these, these kids. Absolutely. And, and uh, their short lifespans. I mean, the bottom of the line is, again, I keep thinking of it. You're going to know the truth, and the truth 
will set you free. That's right. And I made it very clear to my friends, my pastors this morning that I was talking to, the truth does not need defending. Mm -hmm. It stands on its own two feet. Absolutely. And uh, the people who want this sense of freedom then must go to the source of it. And the source of it is the truth. And who is the truth? What did Jesus say? That's right. He is the I truth. am the way. The truth. I am the, the truth. And the life. And I am the life. And you know, the other thing that, that we sometimes say here, and I know it's a, it's a real principle of what's happening in America, is that, you know, when you abandon truth, you're also abandoning Jesus. And that is what political correctness is. When we fail to address things, you know, we're really abandoning truth. And so sometimes we do, we get into these struggles where we're trying to be loving, we're trying to not be the haters, yeah. right? But yeah. the reality is, is that, you know, when we stand for truth, it like you said, even over there, it causes people to what? React one way or the other. Exactly, right? exactly. Well, yeah, we're supposed to be the light too, the salt, no. salt and light, right? Well, right. salt, everyone says is preservative, but it's also, yeah. if you put salt on a wound, it stinks. Yeah, it stings, but it also heals. It heals. <laughs> right. And it's also an and antibacterial. It, exactly. <laughs> and if you're if you're the light, I mean, if you shine light into a room, the cockroaches go away, right? That's so true. That's so <laughs> you true. You know, so, I mean, those are the, we're supposed to expose evil. The, the church has become, uh, there's an 11th commandment, Vody Bachman says this, the, the, the 11th commandment is thou shalt be nice. <laughs> really I, I you know i don't know about you but I, I don't know anywhere where it says thou shalt be nice right but he's just making a pun of what what happened to the church and yes. we're afraid to yes. con to confront this evil right it's, isn't it amazing that with solomon when you see all what solomon did all solomon uh, and then god actually brought in wisdom and gave her a gender and called um wisdom a she mm -hmm. and what did she do she called out to the people yeah and isn't it amazing that john says in the book of revelation um he that hath an ear let him hear Amen. we are so convoluted with ipads and with cell phones sure. they call them cell phones because you're in a cell mm -hmm. uh yeah so <laughs> convoluted so interfered with you don't hear what god is writing to tell you but he that hath an ear let him so, hear so much noise oh so much noise around so tell us some of the some of the cool stories that you hear coming out of Pakistan and some of the, you told us about this son that was reunited with her mother, uh, with his mother. And tell us some of these stories so that we can hear some of these, what's happening in Pakistan. Well, there's so much going through my mind right now. Um, God is on the move. And the reason is, is because the people in Pakistan take God very seriously. And they've recognized um, that God is not departmentalized. And they've recognized that, um, you know, God is not structured in a box. Uh, he's not dimensional. God is multidimensional. And he reaches out in many areas in the hearts and the lives of people. Over there, uh, there is no denomination. Right. Mm. You're either Muslim mm -hmm. or Christian, period. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And over there, they either love you or hate you, as I said earlier. Sure. So it, there's a clear definition as to who you are. And when you see these people come into church, they don't come in and uh, sit there and play with their cell phones when the preacher is preaching. Mm. They don't sit there and look at their iPads. They don't sit there and look at their watch to see how fast they can get away from the one they love so much. They come in, oh my gosh, and you get the men on one side, and there, and I, I, I sent a picture of it here to my uh, my church here in Lakeland. Um, of these men, these men, in the front of the church, on their knees, with their hands lifted up in the air, with team tears streaming down their cheeks, just crying out to God. Right. And and the woman doing the same thing. Why? Because who knows if right. they're going to be there next Sunday. Mm. They take it so seriously and so compassionately mm. i've learned over there that when you walk into the church you take your shoes off wow. why because you're walking on the holy ground wow. wow you know i found out and i made a mistake once i was sitting up on the platform i they've asked me to co-pastor this twelve thousand member church which mm. i do and i sat on the platform <laughs> i put my bible down just beside me 
on the chair beside me. And everybody went ballistic because I put the word of God on the ground. Wow. So they take this seriously, but mm-hmm. it isn't just religion, it's relationship. Yeah. yeah. And that's the difference. And over there, they're seeking that kind of relationship. I don't know if I answered your question. Tell me about some of the persecution that you see over there. When you say they love you, hate you, what are what are some of the things that can to people, when they're Christian, what are they really risking? Well, um, they're risking their life. They're risking their freedom. They're, they're risking uh, opportunity to have a half-decent job. Um, they will give priority to... Um, uh, I got to be careful what I say because I know there's certain people that are listening in that, you know, um, mm-hmm. um, to get a job as a bank teller or as a real estate agent or in a bank. Um, if you're a Christian, um, the best job you got is as a street sweeper or carrying bricks. Uh, it's all low life jobs. Yeah. So uh, they've kind of disenfranchised the Christians. Absolutely. They yeah. do. But this is where we, I mean, God has opened a door for us which mm. is phenomenal because I took what we're doing with the Pakistan Dream Centers and we are no longer considered a ministry. We are now considered a faith-based business. Wow. And because of that, the American Pakistan Business Council in Karachi, which is the third largest city in the world and the largest city in uh, Pakistan, have now adopted us and they're entertaining us being a part of their chamber of commerce while they're all Muslim. Right. Which was wonderful. Right. (laughs) Because they're looking at us and they're saying, you don't come to preach to us. You're actually doing something. You're helping our people. We love the people. We love the Muslim people. We don't put a title on them. We won't departmentalize them. Because Hmm. I have recognized one thing, that when Jesus hung on the cross of Calvary, he died just as much for them. As he did for me. Yeah. And I will not departmentalize that. Yes. But Well, you can see that, 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 you know, at that point, you know, they're not going to let you have a platform any other way. And, um, you know, we can see we've got all the platforms here and we're still being shut down in some ways. But, uh, you know, I know Pakistan has really struggled. For those people that don't know, we've really seen lots of ups and downs over there lots of swings back and yes, forth yes. but you know it is really exciting to see that you're you're really um able to participate and and be relevant now you said that you're also um on uh one of the pastors of a church over there yes tell us a little bit about that oh, first presbyterian church in Faisalabad, which is the third largest city in the nation and uh uh even though i don't have time to pastor because we're busy running the pakistan dream centers um, we have uh, 12,000 people in that church. Wow. I'll, I'll give you an example of what happened. <laughs> One morning, now, okay, imagine this. You go into this church. It's a huge building, okay? And you've got everybody watching what's going on, okay? It's amazing. And you've got a platform that stands about six feet higher above everybody else. And we're all dressed up in our robes, you know, right. Presbyterian. First thing I do is while all the pastors are standing up there with their arms crossed like this going, praise God, praise God. <laughs> Guess what I do? I walk off the platform and I start walking among the people and just start touching them, praying mm. with them, talking mm. with them, letting them know that they are so precious. Right. You know, as a shepherd would do with the sheep. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And wow. even the lead pastor there, I love him, uh, Emmerich Joseph, just a sweetheart of a guy. And he said, I've never seen anything like this. This is, this is incredible. So one morning I got up and I taught the people this song by Judy Jacobs. Hallelujah. Right. Hallelujah. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. Right. And I taught them this song in English. And over in the corner are a whole bunch of people that begin lifting their hands. Mm. And I mean, remember, it's 50% Muslim. Mm. <laughs> and they begin lifting their hands. And they begin to worship God. And mm. God comes down and touches them. And they begin to fall in the wow. spirit. Oh, my this is goodness. what happens. And then somebody approaches me about a week later and said, did you know that we put this on our cameras and it's on YouTube? I said, oh, no, really? Yeah, we got it on YouTube. Four million views. Wow. People are hungry <clears throat> for the real God. That's yes. right. Not for Amen. the yeah. programmed 
God. Yeah, they right. don't want religion. I've often said, and I'll yeah. shut up here, but it's religion, so <laughs> religion is what man does for God. Yep. Relationship is what God does for man. Absolutely. That is awesome. I mean, that that is incredible. That, so that's on YouTube. What is it under? I mean, I would love to see it myself. Um, Do you know? Uh, gosh, I don't know. Just go into YouTube, the First Presbyterian Church. Uh, okay. Pakistan. The Spirit of Pakistan, or just under my name. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, because I was leading them. Um, okay. Okay. But, but I think sure. what what you what you're doing over there, and we we're just talking about that, was just. I mean, to me, came to me is just you are living the Great Commission. Amen. You are. I mean, when Jesus said, uh, and I'll read it because I don't want to plagiarize it. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples, not converts, disciples of all the nations, Pakistan, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things which I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. And that is a prayer that we now pray over you, Roger, that we pray that you will put have a hedge of protection around you, yes. around your life. We ask, Lord God, for favor with all of our listeners today, yes, that Lord. they would be able to help you. I will tell you that, again, the reason we're in Honduras is because in our hemisphere it is the second poorest in the world next to Haiti and um, when you get a chance to meet and see people like this God is going to give you a love a love that you've never had before and you know that because it changes you and we can see that your life has really been changed by all of this so the first question is how can we help you donate to pakistandreamcenters.org yes. right right there on the website they can donate exactly can donate. they can go right on the website and we're using uh, i donate which is what billy graham organization uses bgea just go right into i donate and you get a tax write off 100% of this goes to feed our boys and to clothe them and remember christmas is around the corner i'm mm. leaving in 5 days and I'm going to take them some Christmas presents. And I know we were talking the other day, and I, awesome. I want this to get out, that you guys have had somebody hack your account, and that you're currently having trouble making any kind of you know, normal expenses that you would normally make. You know, uh, yes, and I have uh, rep you know, I've reported it to the local police, which can't do anything. Um, I've reported it to, or in the process, reported it to FBI and to state police, but... Somebody went into our account, hacked it, and stole 100% of all of our missions. Wow. Money, all of it. Emptied our bank account. Mm. And so uh, I had to work with the bank, which were really great, very good supporters. And we had to change our account. So it's, it's a good, secure, safe account now. Um, so all the people, I've, well, I'll put it to you this way. Weris, Weris is 17 years old. He's dying of starvation as we speak. He is now in ICU in the hospital and he's on drips. Oh my goodness. He's on drips just to keep him alive. Why? Mm. Because the 25th of every month, we feed these boys. On the 25th of last month, we were unable to feed them because all the money was gone. Wow. So these boys are now starving to death. I, I, I cannot I cannot allow Weris, I cannot wear, allow Odnan and these boys to die. Not mm. on my watch. It's not going to happen. Mm. Well, you see, folks, when our food goes up around here, we've talked about how it's creating problems around the world, and people really will die over this, you yes. know. And so it's something that we really want to share with the world. And I know that, that when we meet, you know, Dr. Roger here, um, we see another person that we, we, we wish we were famous. We wish we were, you know, had all the money in the world. But the reality is, is that we can do something. And folks, you can do something. You yes, can join amen. us in reaching out to these, to the people of the world, because they're really, this is life and death for a lot of people around the world. So, mm -hmm. yeah. and like, like what you said, internationaldreamcenters.org mm -hmm. or pakistandreamcenters.org. Okay. And okay. we've, we say international dream centers because we're going to be overseen as well. Uh, we've been asked to go to Bangladesh, 
as well as to the Philippines, as well to Marinera, as well as even to the Philippines. Good. But right now our focus is on Pakistan. So 100%. Um, I've got two staff members that I have not been able to even pay for the last month and a half. And they're out now carrying bricks and doing hard labor just so they could feed their babies. Yes. That's yes. how serious it is. It's okay. Yeah. It, God's got a reason. God will provide. Again, we have to remember, and God could use you. And so we're asking, Lord God, right now that you would just bless Roger. We pray for this ministry. We know all those people that are involved. We know that that everything makes a difference that we do. And we pray, Lord God, that that people will join Roger in what he's doing. We know that we join him in, in spirit. And we certainly understand these these huge obstacles. We had the same yes, thing happen in our Honduras account. It took us almost six months to fix it. And uh, we just pray over this. We, we put a hedge of protection. We encourage Roger. It is so powerful what you're doing. But most importantly, we love what you're doing in Pakistan and that you are a God that can work behind the scenes and that no one can stop yes. you, Lord God, That's that right. you are going to be working in, in our hearts. And so right. thanks so much, Roger. God bless you. Thank you we, so We much. really did put this together because he was here, and that's why we're that's like, awesome. well, he's here. We got some people to do this. Let's do this podcast. Let's get this message oh, out I to the it. world. So, Amen. All Amen. Right. Thank you, Roger. Thank God bless you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I love all of you out there in Radio Land. Love you. Yep. Bless God bless you. you. Amen. Hey guys, before we close out, I just wanted to mention that Dr. Kevin has a brand new book out. What's it about? The COVID Beast, Why We Cannot Give Up Access to Our Bodies. You guys don't want to miss out on this because I know you love to hear Kevin talk on and on, but now you get to read his words and it has statistical information in there. You don't want to miss out. Lots of great information. You can get that at SupernaturalJunkies.com. We also have an Audible version coming out that will be available on Audible.com, but you'll also be able to buy the Audible on our website. That's awesome. And the Kindle version, you can also buy from our website. By the way, the hard copy, you will not find a better price for that anywhere, even on Amazon. That's right. So you want to get it there. Our email list, so important, sign up for that because as soon as new things happen or Kevin has a new event coming up or we're speaking somewhere, you guys will be the first to know if you sign up for that email newsletter. Also, you'll be able to get Supernatural Junkies gear. Thank you so much. Have a blessed week. Anything else, Kev? Nope. God bless you. All right. So this is Alex. I'm here with Dr. Dennis, and we just wanted to talk about something we've both been taking. I shared my experience previously, but we need to hear from Doc. So tell me, you've been taking something? I've been taking Protanum. And? And it's definitely boosted my energy, and it's helping my immune system. That's I do think he has a little bit of a glow to him, too. Oh, Simply. I am glowing. <laughs> but it hasn't helped his hair grow back. We talked about that earlier. I'm a little upset about that. Yeah, sorry, he's bald. It hasn't helped me there, either. <laughs> he's bald as well. You can't listen to them. But, uh, Kevin, you were talking about the NRF1 and the NRF2. What, is, what are those? So all you have to do is look those up, NRF1, NRF2, and these are pathways that our body can use to help prevent disease. And isn't it interesting that an anti-aging program can actually help us when it comes to fixing our body because a lot of the problems we have are when we what? Got older. I wasn't interested until I got older and things stopped working. So this is <laughs> this is the way we can get it working again. So we suggest you try this for yourself. And the best way to do that is to head on over to SupernaturalJunkies.com and there'll be a link right there that you can check out pro tandem that will also have links to studies that you can look at as well Mm